Gillo. You were listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, life, and love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And that's Herman Eben, a great friend, all-around organization coach, teacher, lecturer. Herman, if you were teaching for a weekend, you were doing a Mm -hmm. seminar, what would you teach? Unfortunately, here's the biggest problem. I would want them to know everything. (laughs) That's really what I'd want. I'd want them to know everything. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I take as it relates to this material. I try to force too much into too small of a package. But let me pray for us. Yes, (laughs) please. Go on. Lord, we do thank you that you have graced us with your truth. And I pray that we as individuals, Paul and I and and Carl, are truly exhibiting the things that we are teaching here. And I pray that we are uh, listening to you on a regular basis so that we can understand how to take this material and teach it even better. Lord, I pray for clarity as we always uh, pray for in your precious name. Amen. Amen. If you only had five minutes, what would it be? Well, there's two different approaches that you can take with this material. There's, again, there is so much information. And of course, uh, I, I love it all. I, I mean, there are things that I love more. So if I, if I prioritize it and really push it down to its bare necessities, the things that I really believe people need to know would be at least two areas. If you go back, we talk about you can do a 10-second summary of the whole course. There's a problem and a solution, right? So if we give you a better understanding of what that problem is, I can do the 10-second version. The problem is you make everything about me, right? The solution is to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. So if you took those two things, you could do much damage. (laughs) You could potentially provide a a lot of good information in a short period of time. And if you wanted to, you can take two different approaches. If you wanted to provide even a more compact approach, you would either Focus on the pain that people have, which would be the four mistakes and the problem. Chapter five. I've never seen anybody come into a seminar going, it's a beautiful day and I'm here to talk about how crummy my relationships are. That's right. And that's the reason why I think that would probably be the better approach. The, The first part of chapter five, the four mistakes and the problem would be the typical approach that I have used in the past to try to drive people to want the solution. The other approach would be if the audience was more in line with, we're here looking for a solution. We know we have a problem. If we wanted to get a solution, I would do what we're now classifying as the three F's and a C. That is chapter eight material. So maybe we could try to cram all this stuff into this show. Well, that would be great if you could. I'm used to listening to a program or a sermon or something and going, oh, great. You know, and and for that period of time, I feel captivated. I feel Mm -hmm. uplifted. I feel hope. But not too very long after that, it's like, how the heck did I return back to crummy Mm -hmm. with interest? And it's like... Well, we all do that because the issue is we don't commit to the truth that we hear. We don't commit to take one thing and learn from it. We don't commit to taking that one thing and put it into our lives. I was having a discussion with a person this morning uh, along that very same line. The issue is we are typically 
pretty good hearers of God's word, but we're not very good doers of God's word, as James really points out to us. The issue for us then is let's try to take this program and let's do what I was just commenting on. Let me see if I can take in the remaining time and put together a package that would be dealing with the four mistakes and uh, the four four solutions. So okay, get a little more meat on this problem. Four solution mistakes, deal. four solutions. Okay, so I'm just going to translate that into something I'm sure you've heard. So, doctor, fix me. <laughs> That's right. That's what happens too much of the time when people are uh, coming in and, and seeing that uh, they're in pain and they don't know what the pain really is is about a lot of times. Well, I've heard you and then you refer me to the website and there's all this stuff there and it's like, I don't have time for this. I just want the pain to stop. That's right. And that's the reason why often it, it is very good to approach the situation from the four mistakes and the problem. So let's just start there. Let's, we've talked about this before. And the four mistakes? My wife tells me there's one the day just, I was born. Just just you. Yeah, that's exactly what happens with uh, much of this relationship material. It, there's, a, there's not four mistakes. It's just you. You're the mistake that I made getting involved in this relationship. Yeah. Uh, but let's, let's uh, run this in this regard, and I'll try to tie these two things together. We actually do this in... Chapter 5, the first part of Chapter 5, where it has that title, The Four Mistakes and the Problem, we actually tie the four mistakes to the solutions. And we don't do it blatantly, but we do provide you a solution each time. So let's talk about the uh, the four mistakes. The first mistake is you operate on opinion and emotion. It's what we call the politician, right? You think any relationship has that as a mistake showing up? I was surprised you called it the politician. I was going to call it the wife. <laughs> or the husband. I hope she's not listening. Or, or the husband. You're coming from a woman's point of view. That's right. What we end up doing is we are in a relationship, and we make it all about how we feel. We make it all about this subjective approach to the relationship. We're not getting facts. We're just making assumptions about what we think are going on in the relationship. And that's a huge mistake. And you can get all the details related to that in, again, Chapter 5 to see how that is operating. So if we are in a relationship and we are constantly bringing up things, well, you did this and uh, I know what that look means or I know what that action means. It's all this speculation that's typically happening in the relationship. The problem, though, is in relationships, there is so much feeling and investment involved in the feelings that we have. When we're not feeling happy, we're going to speculate first and foremost, that it has very little to do with me. It has everything to do with you. That's how we typically operate. And so we throw ourselves into this speculative mindset, and we're trying to pin the problem on somebody else rather than ourselves. And looking at the, the proverbial difficulty that relationships have, they raise their hand and point their finger at the other person and are basically saying what? 
if you would just change, I'd be happy. Exactly. And, that, and that's wrong. <laughs> and that's what happens in all of these mistakes. But it really shows up in this very first one, because I'm therefore now speculating on, and I'm only looking at your behavior as to getting that changed in order for me to feel better. So the real answer to that is you go over into chapter eight and you look at the first part of chapter eight, which is freedom from emotions, being emotion led, meaning uh, I'm not wanting you to be free of your emotions that you can't do that. Okay, so don't become a Dr. Spock. Not interested in that or Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, we're not interested in that. Baby's good, Vulcan's bad. There you go. So the issue is I don't want you to be led by your emotions. And so if we are having this mistake of speculating and looking at somebody else and saying, I need you to change in order for me to be happy, I need to also look at how much I am using my speculation. So let's uh, finish that right after the break. Okay, so there you have it. Chapter 5 and Chapter Mm 8 of the Great Relationships material, which you can find at our website, greatrelationships.com. That's G-R, numeral 8, relationships.com. So if you like what you're hearing, tell your friend. And if you don't, drop us a line, Great Relationships, Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. We'll be back right after this. Quotes from God's Word for Great Relationships. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others as better than himself. Philippians 2 3. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means You don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down. www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, and love. The website, greatrelationships.com. That's G-R, numerate relationships.com. Herman, before the break, you were telling me there were four mistakes. Four mistakes and four solutions. 
there are four mistakes and the, and the problem, and then you have four tools to implement the solution. And that's how we're talking about that. The first mistake that we were talking about was operating on opinion and emotion. And the solution in Chapter 8 is freedom from being emotion-led. If you understand how to deal with your emotions and understand two critical words that we've mentioned multiple times that emotions are often untrustworthy, and they're always responders. If you understand that, then you're going to start looking at how you think so that you are no longer speculating on how life is working. You start looking for facts. You don't just speculate that, yeah, I know how they're going to operate with this. I know what they're going to say to this. I, when I say this, I know they're going to do this or, or all that other stuff. Oh, well, great. So I'm just supposed to discount my emotions. They're real. I'm having them. Absolutely. You're having them. But here's the issue. Your emotions are being driven by your thinking. This is one of the difficulties that most people do not understand. Your emotions are real. Yes, they are. But the way that you are allowing those to drive your life now is an implication of how you think about the situation that you're in. So if I am reacting and responding to my wife and she's mad at me, and then I respond in kind to her, that implies something about my thinking. That implies that I think that she should not have the freedom to express herself to me, and I, therefore, have to protect myself and defend myself. That's bad thinking. That's the reason why those emotions show up the way that they do. So that's the issue of that one mistake. The real solution, and there's a lot of material in Chapter 8 to deal with that. Operate on opinion and emotions. You really need to go read and understand Freedom from being emotion-led. There's a lot of good stuff in there. That's the first mistake. The second mistake, you keep the past in the present. You keep the past in the present. Satan has done a great job of getting us to be ineffective because we do not believe the truth that the past is over. We actually are operating in our life as if the past is still with us. Okay, and you're not excusing consequence here. but Not a bit. Okay, so in the first case, you called that the politician, emotions and right. opinion. In, in this case, we call it the victim. The victim. The victim. And the victim is keeping the past in the present because, again, they are making at least two statements generically. One... They treated me so badly, and I can't get over that. Or, I was so bad and did such a bad thing that I don't know if they can get over it or if I can get over it. Okay, so in both cases, I have a condition where can't be forgiven. Or... Give I, forgiveness. Or, I, I'm either... Don't don't want to give forgiveness or I don't want to consider that I actually could get past my own sin. Uh, that is the, that's the way, which means we have two solutions in chapter eight. First solution is if I am so controlled by somebody else's bad behavior and their bad treatment of me, God's solution is forgiveness. I am to forgive them. That's the reason why God mentions this so many times. Give up on vengeance. Don't let vengeance be ruling your mind. Instead, let me deal with it. You forgive them. You're not letting them off the hook. 
the issue is you're not letting that behavior of theirs control your life anymore. You're looking to God to let God control you. So that's the first way that you get over the past to get get over this being this victim, keeping the past in the present. The second way that I see happening in my life and other people's life is they have sinned in a, in a certain way that's very visible or it's not visible to others. And they're constantly saying to themselves some form of, I'm damaged goods. I'm not only God's second, I can only get God's second best. Actually, I can't even get that. It's God's thousandth best. That's the best that I can hope for at this point in time. They're not taking advantage of this second tool, which is confession, that God provided a clean slate of our life on his death on the cross, on his son's death on the cross. That was a clean slate at that point in time. What we have an opportunity to do is every time we're convicted of something that we have done in our life, we take it to God, 1 John 1, 9, confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That doesn't mean that you're getting forgiveness at that point in time. You've already been forgiven. You're just agreeing with God that what happened with you is now clean. That's, that's what you can experience at this point in time so that the past isn't covering up your joy that you can have in the present. So that second one is the victim, and it's solved by two of the items in chapter 8. Freedom from resentments, bitterness, and grudges, and freedom from guilt. Those are really powerful sections if you want to pay attention to them because you only keep the past and the present from your decision to do that. The past is over, okay? So we've covered operating on opinion and emotions. You need to go to chapter 8 to look at freedom from emo- being emotion-led. The keeping the past and the present, which is a victim, you need to go look in chapter 8 for freedom from resentments, bitterness, and grudges, and freedom from guilt. So now we come to the third mistake. The third mistake is you have this mindset of being, I'll, I'll start with the actor. You are presenting a an image to other people. You are wearing a mask is the way we like to talk about it. So you have this mindset that I have to wear this mask because if people really knew who I was, they would not want to have a relationship with me. So I'm going to present something to the people around me. And and it typically shows up. Research has shown that it, it happens in a variety of different ways. It might be as early as your childhood and you uh, recognize that people responded to your jokes or people responded to you being, you know, a buffoon or people responded to you being the smart person or people responded to you being the jock. You know, you start going, oh, then I need to wear that persona. I need to wear that mask. That's the only way that people will respect me or care about me is if I am wearing that mask. I can't be me. I've got to be this persona. That's that's how that works. And I do that to get a relationship to not have a relationship because it's not with me. Good, good statement because wearing the mask means you're presenting something that's not really you and you can never have a real relationship because real relationships require two real people operating in real time with that very mindset, I'm going to just be a real person here. So that's the third mistake, that you wear a mask and we end up doing that all the time and that one ties to 
the freedom and choice mindset. And this is probably the most difficult of the solutions to deal with. This whole idea of how freedom and choice gets into our life and that freedom and choice is difficult on us because we have this mindset to approach freedom and grace from the from this mindset of well if people are free to treat me any way they want then you know what's going to happen to me well actually it's already happening to you because they already do have that freedom the issue is am i going to accept that that's real or am i going to try to act like it's not real we don't realize that, do we? No, we, we don't. We keep thinking I have to give someone something they already have. They already have the freedom to treat you poorly. They already have the tr- the freedom to treat you well. Both those that's their freedom. And the issue for us is get into the freedom of being yourself and being how God has wired you to be. That's the second part of freedom. Two ideas on freedom. One is an internal view of freedom. I'm free to be me, how God has wired me. The other is an external freedom, uh, basically looking at other people and recognizing the reality. They're free to be whoever they want to be. Those are three of the mistakes, and we'll, we'll recap it again after the break and go into the fourth one and how it ties to chapter 8. Wow, there is a statement that says freedom isn't free. Boy, howdy, but we already have it. Mm-hmm. That's what's amazing. Mm-hmm. Great Relationships is the website, grnumeratelationships.com. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You're listening to Great Relationships. That's grnumeratelationships.com. So, Herman, before the break, can you recap for me? Yeah, we've basically been talking about what would I desire to share in its essence. There is uh, obviously, like I started out, everything. You need to know everything. If you really wanted to make some excellent change in your life and your relationships, then it would be great to pay attention to the four mistakes and the problem and then the solution 
and the four tools to implement the solution. And the four tools to implement the solution are in chapter eight, and the four mistakes are the first part of chapter five. So the first mistake was you operate on opinion and emotion. It's like the politician, Politician. right? If you want the solution to that, then you go look in chapter eight related to freedom from being emotion-led. The second mistake was this idea of a victim, you keep the past in the present, you're giving power to the past and the past is over and you're allowing the past to dictate how you live today. The solution to that is freedom from resentments, bitterness and grudges and freedom from guilt. In other words, forgiveness and confession. That's the way that you get over the past. If somebody's harmed you, you forgive them so that their behavior doesn't control you anymore. If you've harmed somebody else, you confess it so that you can be recognizing God's cleaning of you, so to speak. Then we went into the third mistake, which is the actor. You wear a mask, and wearing a mask is tied directly to the second part of chapter eight, freedom and choice. That's where you end up looking for the solution for that one. That means I am free to be me and others are free to not like that (laughs) (laughs) or like it. That's the internal and external part of freedom. And then there is a a second component to that. It's the responsible or irresponsible part of freedom, the way that works. So that brings us to the fourth mistake. The fourth mistake is the dictator. You're trying to change people around you. This mistake shows up very commonly in in many, many people. And of course, all the mistakes are trying to control in some form. This is just a blatant way that we're trying to control. We're looking at somebody and saying, you need to be different. You need to change in order for what? Me to be happy, right? We've talked about that. So the issue for us is in this particular mistake, the dictator, the The word dictator is an inappropriate term that we're using for this because in reality, people aren't typically power-hungry dictators that operate with this mistake. They're really pretty much as... Robert Fritz, one of my mentors, says they're good people up to no good. <laughs> they're, okay, how does yeah, that work? They're, they're basically saying, if you would just change this and do this better, it'll prevent you from experiencing this pain. But that actually is removing freedom. That's the reason why you really need to go to chapter eight and understand how freedom and choice work. You had to, it's, it's imperative that you consider that and listen to all those words that I'm using, need to, have to, imperative, as if you don't have the freedom to ignore that, right? Those are, that's how this shows up in your life. There's all sorts of language that is demand type of language, trying to get other people to change. And I'm, I'm for preaching, I'm for encouraging, I'm for exhorting, but as long as I'm recognizing that's my job to do that, and it's their job to change or ignore me. That's that's okay. Uh, the fourth mistake then is that idea of the dictator. You're trying to change others. Its solution is into the freedom and choice, which is the second part of chapter eight. So let me synopsize all of this. Here's the, here's the thing. If you want to get into reality about your pain and the mistakes that you're probably making to generate pain in your life, go to chapter five and look at the four mistakes, and the problem. And of course, the problem is we make everything about me, right? Yes. And, and these four mistakes are the, are some of the simple ways that we make life about ourselves. If, though, you recognize I've got pain, 
Uh, it's good if you can identify whether you're into one of those mistakes to apply the solution. But you can also just go to chapter eight. I've got pain. Uh, let me read chapter eight and see which one is the real issue in my life. You can approach it from the solution side also. The solution is pursue the best for others patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. I can uh, apply the three F's and the C. That's the one thing I want you to remember. If you don't remember anything else, I would like you to remember the three F's and the C, which is the solution, the tools to implement the solution, which is the first F is freedom from being emotion-led, okay? The second one is freedom and choice. The third one is forgiveness. So those are your three F's. And then the, the C is confession, Okay, so those are your three F's and the C. That's the one thing that I'd like you to remember is the three F's and the C, which are the tools to implement the solution. Okay, the solution is to make it about others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, unconditionally. My question is, how do I do that? I've got the three F's and the C. That's right. That's exactly right. That's how you can approach this. Okay, so what one thing? The one thing, again, is the three F's and the C. If you have this mindset of, I want to implement this solution, think about the three F's and the C, which is the outline of basically chapter eight. So there we have it, essentially yours from Herman Eben, from teaching for a weekend or an evening to within the confines of this program. There we go. The three F's and the C. Greatrelationships.com. That's GR numerate relationships.com. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Have you ever had days like this? <laughs> Neither have we. That's why we recommend great relationships. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, kindly, patiently, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.